This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, as always, presented by our great friends over at Scentlock. I just got my new grinder tree stand uh, pack in the mail from Scentlock, and I am pumped about it. Um, In my opinion, it is the best tree stand backpack a young boy could ask for and it matches my camo which call me girly but i like everything to match so i'm pumped about that as well um i've got a special guest on the phone i've got charles witwam hopefully i said that right re- correctly remember last time i had to ask you too you did i did charles you said witwam. It great. everybody usually says whitman yeah <laughs> how you doing oh man i'm better than i deserve i know that Um, now Charles, we met the first time we met, um, this organization, I guess if that's what you want to call it, this platform didn't exist yet. Um, which for those of you who, who, you know, haven't been seeing social media, uh, get out from underneath the rock you're living on, uh, because how for wildlife is in my opinion, going to take over, um, kind of the conservation and fight for this fight for that. Uh, kind of take over that game. Uh, so, Charles, before we jump in, man, uh, give me an introduction to yourself. Give me an introduction to Hal and kind of how it all came about. Yeah, myself, um, I live in California now. I've been a, a hunter all of my life. I grew up in Michigan, and I hunt the West mainly now. I love bow hunting the most, but I like all types of hunting. Um, Hal started... The idea started about a year ago after we had some success on a grassroots effort out here with a anti-bear hunting bill in California. And that's how that's how you and I uh, got hooked up was was after that. We had some success there and and you had reached out and wanted to do a podcast. So um, so how for wildlife is uh, man, I really appreciate what you just said. <laughs> about taking over i don't know about that but we do feel we will certainly take over uh the void that we are filling because we're kind of the only uh players in 
this specific tool that we are within the specific tool that we are offering. And it's essentially now let me let me let me yeah. take that back. Yeah. Cause because I actually don't want to say takeover. <laughs> because the word takeover indicates that there's some kind of competition. Yes. Um there is no competition. That's the point of it. Uh, the mm. point is that we're all working together and how for wildlife gives us all a way to work together. Um, yeah. And so uh, the word takeover, man, I, no, I, I don't want to get off on I understand you. I'm picky about, <laughs> <laughs> I'm picky about those things that implement in somebody's mind some sort of competition. Um, you know, there's, there's tag phrases that companies use and, and you're like, wait a minute, by nature, that means there's competition involved in hunting. Um, by nature, you're saying that you're better than everyone else. Um, and so I get picky about that. So I shouldn't say takeover. Uh, I should say, um, you know, going to very successfully tie everyone together to fight for rights across the United States of America. That is a fantastic way to put it. And that, that is what we are trying to do is provide a platform and a tool where people can see hopefully all of the anti-hunting issues that are going on in any state. Uh, in one place. And if you want to, in a place where you can add your voice to that, and it, it only takes three seconds if, if if that's what you want it to be. Basically, they are pre-drafted emails. They are click-to-calls to the decision makers. You can use our, uh, our, our emails or you can edit them yourself, which, you know, you, you can add to it or you can just write write your own and we ask that you be respectful and, and we give you pointers on what to say so it's we're basically just making it insanely easy so you don't need to know you the questions that we had before were, were well who do i call what do i write what is this bill about how do i sound intelligent when i send an email we have that all there <laughs> for you and it's literally a click of the button and and the way most browsers work anyways you start typing your name and everything else gets filled in so you don't even really need to type in your first and last name or email address because it's generally automatic um you can also so that's the easiest way to do it if you really want to make it hard you can take an extra five seconds and join the pack and there's a <laughs> there's basically three tabs you cannot get lost on this website there's three tabs at the top one of them says take action so that's retake action. The other one says join the pack. So what that means is you will then get a login with a password to our site. So then everything you do on the site as far as taking action or sharing a page or you can connect your social media accounts. So if you like a social media, you know, um, a, a page or a, um, a post uh, from us, it will it will know all of that. And it will, the, the platform, will, it'll know all that. And there's a point value assigned to that. So what we have is you can call it what you want, but it's sort of multi-layered what we're doing here, but we're incentivizing rewards. So when you do something, it automatically enters you into a pretty cool contest. And we have a bunch of contests going on and it's basically just a raffle. So if you have say a hundred points, you automatically get included in, you know, winning a lifetime membership to a certain club or getting a, $650 backpack. Um, right now we have one from uh, Stone Glacier and they're, they're connected with Western Bear Foundation. Um, there's discount codes on, on um, coffee companies that support bear conservation and they give a portion of their profits back to uh, companies that are working on uh, bear projects and conservation. And they also give 
a portion of those product uh, profits back to Howl for Wildlife. So the goal here is to get as many people involved as possible, as many organizations, as many brands, as many whatever, to where everyone can just show support and we have one voice going in one direction. And when Rocky yeah. Mountain Elk Foundation or if, you know, Pope and Young or you name it, they have something that they want to accomplish, we can help you out to get everybody on board with those to take those actions as well and of course link to you and you know if you provide the content or whatever it's it's right this is pope and young here's their website here's what they do so just a streamlined approach to this whole thing but i mean i probably i don't know i made it maybe i made it sound complicated if you go to the website it's the easiest thing you've ever done in your life it is and uh that's you know when i first heard about this i was like oh not that it sounded difficult um sounded um, kind of hoopy, like a lot of hoops to jump through. Um, yeah. And then I went to it, and then within like five minutes, I was like, oh, I got it. Um, yeah. Before we move on, um, I do got to give a quick thank you to our friends over at SeasonReport.com. Um, SeasonReport.com, listen, Charles, I've spent 10 bucks on a lot of stupid stuff in life, um, but I've not many times spent 10 bucks on something that can keep me out of big hunting trouble, um, and Season Report is one of those things. I look at it as my my online wallet for hunting. So I can save by county where I hunt and then I can log in, flip open that county and it shows me all the season dates, bag limits, orange rules, regulations, all of the opening days, closing days, all the overlapping days of rifles and bows. Uh, so I know um, not only uh, the rules to be following, but I know anything that's going on so I can be safe as well. Um, go check out Season Report because in my opinion, it's one of the best things you'll spend 10 bucks on, just 10 bucks for the entire year. Go to seasonreport.com, use code HUNTING101, and that'll make it just 10 bucks for the entire year. I use it daily. Um, I always flip it open, open in the tree stand just to make sure you know, there's no muzzleloader seasons, there's no uh, bird seasons where, where bird hunters are going to be walking through, there's no, you know, do I need to wear orange today, you know, so on and so forth. I check it pretty much daily during hunting season. Go check out seasonreport.com. Um Charles, what is, what's your best, I don't know that tip is the word that I want to use here. Um, I'll share with you mine. Inspiration, as far as getting behind um, hunting when these issues come up. And here, here's mine. Um, anytime that non-hunters want to push an issue, they get as many people as they can. Um, they'll get people from, you know, I mean, they'll get bird watchers, they'll get dog walkers, they'll get people from California, Idaho, they'll get people from from all over the U.S. who are all different sorts of animal activists to come together on one issue, and then they show up in droves on an issue for bear hunting in, in Washington. Um, and then us hunters, we sit back and we, well, I don't bear hunt, um, so... I'm not in this fight. Or, even worse, I don't hunt Washington, so I'm not in this fight. Or you stack them together. I don't hunt bears in Washington, so whatever. Um, listen, guys, they're not sitting back saying, well, I support, you know, I'm against deer hunting in Alabama, so I'm not going to fight against bear hunting in, in Washington. No. They show up for every issue, and that's why their numbers look amazing. Um, and if we were to show up as hunters in those droves to say, you know what, I'm against this, um, this isn't right, this isn't backed by any sort of data, um, we can't be doing this, then we would have a much stronger voice. There's power in numbers. Um, that whole orange issue in Colorado, 
you probably know better than I do, but eleven thousand something signatures in in a day or or forty eight hours or something crazy, uh, because hunters showed up and and showed their support. And when we show up in numbers, we'll be a lot more successful. And so I would just encourage you guys that just because you don't bear hunt in Washington or just because you don't uh, elk hunt in Colorado or just because you don't you know bow hunt in Georgia, those are just you know three recent issues. Just because you don't fall into one of those categories doesn't mean we shouldn't stand up and fight for them on their behalf. Because I can promise you this: if they come against bow hunting in Kansas, I'm going to want those from Washington to come and help me. Um, so I better step in and help while I have the chance. Um, because we're one big happy family, and that's why I don't want to create any kind of division saying you're going to take over the game or, or whatever. Because <laughs> there shouldn't be yeah. any division. I don't care if you're a, I don't care if you're a compound shooter. I don't care if you shoot a recurve, a self bow. I don't care if you shoot a, a crossbow. I don't care if you shoot, uh, you know, heavy arrows or light arrows. I don't care if you shoot fixed blades or mechanicals. We're all one big family, and the moment we start acting like it, we start winning these battles. Um, what you just said is essentially our goal <laughs> is to get everybody no matter what kind of a hunter you are or what kind of an angler you are i read that all, straight off your website yeah so we're all sportsmen <laughs> and to get everybody in on on one path here so exactly what you said if you we have no excuse anymore and we can obviously see what is happening with all the anti-hunting bills that are being proposed but if you are in washington and there is a bill going on in California, you have to think, all right, if we don't get this beat in California, that means it's coming to my state. So you need to get involved when it's in California. We right. we hunt across state lines. We give, we buy licenses and we buy tags across state lines. So we're already making our voice heard in whatever state, you name it. Um, so along with that, because that does affect, that does affect us, we do, um, appreciate and um, the wildlife that are in these states we do need to get involved when you see it in another state um, it also on the anti-hunting movement side if they are successful in a state that gives them momentum to go to another state and they say see what we can see what we did here now we're going to go to that other state okay they're starting with generally it's it's they want to get rid of predator management. So let's make believe that all predator management is gone. What will that do to the ungulate populations? And then we have to think about what it is we're fighting for. We're fighting for science-based wildlife management. What is wildlife management going to look like in the ungulate population when there's no predator management for a couple of decades? We would have to agree that ungulate populations aren't high enough then at that point to sustain, to either not sustain hunting or to lower the quotas. So what I just said was basically three things on why everybody needs to get involved across state lines, because it will come to you. And it'll affect the turkey the turkey population. If you don't think the anti-hunters are, 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 are trying to uh, cancel all hunting, just look to Oregon. The bill that they want to get on the ballot there bans all fishing, all of it, all hunting, yeah. any type of any type of what's the word? Animal husbandry? I don't know. Like so, breeding of animals, clipping of their nails, anything. Right. 
they're making them sentient beings. Um, so giving human rights to, to animals and fish and, and whatnot. So um, the cards are on the table with that. That's the ultimate goal. And that's what we have to keep in mind. So if we do all show up, yeah, there's millions of us. There's so much money. We just have to focus this all in the right direction. There were 39 million hunting licenses, tags, permits, and stamps issued in 2021. 2021, 39 million um, licenses, tags, permits, or stamps. We have the numbers. We're just stinking. I don't. I'm gonna make somebody mad here. I promise. Don't don't email Hal for Wildlife. If I make you mad, email me. We're either too lazy or we're too stupid to realize what's going on um, as hunters. And and you know, I try to break the mold. I try to to break the mentality that that hunters are are backwoods hillbilly rednecks. But that's what we act like. We act like, well, these are my rights. You ain't taking them from us. Mm. Well, partner, they probably will, um, and they're certainly going to try. And if we don't stand up and do something, they will be taken from us. Now, listen, you mentioned Pope and Young, and, and you know, Pope and Young exist to create bow hunting seasons. Um, that's what that's where the record book was, was started, to create bow hunting seasons across North America. And I think what happens is we just think that bow hunting seasons have always been here, hunting seasons have always been here, um, it's my right, they're not going to take it from me. Well... Your, your hunting seasons haven't always been here. Your bow hunting, your deer hunting, your elk hunting, your muzzleloader seasons, they haven't always been here. Somebody had to fight for those hunting seasons to be established. And just as they can be established, they can be taken away. And I think that we, we've we've got this big head mentality of, of come and try, you know. Um, well, they're going to come and try. And we've already showed that, hey, listen, we'll fold under pressure. And, and and we won't show up the way we should show up. And you, you know that mentality in sports or, or that saying in sports they just can't miss, you know, when a team's just really on fire and you know they can throw it up over their back behind their shoulder and twist it around and somehow it's going to go in? Mm-hmm. Eventually, that'll be the culture and that'll be the mindset of the anti-hunters of we can't lose, we'll try anything. And, and all of a sudden they'll be coming after every season, every species, every date, every Every bag limit will be taken away. Every they'll be coming after everything. Why? Because, well, we won in Idaho. We won in Washington. We won in. Why not? Why not go after Texas? Why not go after Alaska? Why not go after you know these more hunting dominant states? Um, why not go after them? We can't lose um, unless we as hunters stand up and say, you know what? You're not going to take Oregon from us. You're not going to take Washington from us. You're not going to take. Um, Idaho or the bow hunting seasons in Georgia, you're not going to take these things. You're not going to in 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 impede our seasons in Colorado, and then make us wear orange on top of it. You're not going to do that. Um, and so if we stand up and fight one issue, it'll back them off on the rest of the issues. But problem is we're letting them steamroll us, and eventually they're just going to steamroll us all together. We all have to be at some level an activist, and. Some people have more time for all the extra work that needs to be done. But certainly, taking action with Howl for Wildlife, there is no excuse not to. And sure, I'm saying this is the founder of this company, but it it does work. It is powerful. 
We have the proof of what happened with the bear bill last year. Yesterday, the New Hampshire bill just got killed, and I there was multiple groups involved. Can you involved. fill me in on that? Yeah. So the uh, <clears throat> there was a bill basically that would essentially make beagle clubs like scent scent hounds and whatnot irrelevant because they would not be able to capture wild hares. Um, and so the hares put their scent around in wherever these clubs are. And they're, so they're not for, just to be clear, they're not for the dogs to find the hare and kill them. They are for the hares to be in there for their, to, to leave their scent and for the beagles to find that scent. Okay. Um, seems like a, a small issue, but we stepped up for that relatively small community and, um, that bill, according to the representative that emailed me, he was upset, but he said he thinks this bill would have passed, but over the last few weeks, the amount of emails that we got, that we received from thousands of people have frustrated the commission board so much that they recommended recommended the bill to be expedient, inexpedient to legislate. In other words, kill the bill. This bill was, it had some Republican sponsors in the beginning. It had Democratic sponsors. This bill was voted on yesterday with, I believe, a fair number of pro-hunting individuals at the committee meeting in New Hampshire. And it was voted on 18 to 1 to kill the bill. So some change happened there. The same thing happened in Washington State. Washington State is really complicated, uh, but their <laughs> their Fish and Wildlife Commission board, because of a technicality, really. I mean, there's there's many ways to to skin this one, but one of them would be because of a technicality. They decided to cancel the 2022 spring bear hunt there. They did that, an uprising happened, and many people showed up, and many people sent emails at over, I, I don't know what the final number is, but I know at least 25,000 emails um, in, in conjunction with what um, Pacific, um, Pacific North Wild, I, don't, I can't remember what it is, but um, PNW Wild and, and ourselves did, there was at least 25,000 emails there, um, but they had an emergency committee meeting because of our support and our show of support. And when I say our, I mean the hunting community, not how. The committee meeting had a, had, a, had a meeting, they discussed it, went on for an hour and a half, and they voted to reconsider, you know, they have a process for all this stuff. They voted four to three to reconsider having a 2022 spring bear season. So that was a small win. Um, it's, it's certainly progress in the right direction. And, but what we do know is had the hunting community not come together, they wouldn't have even had that meeting. If we not, if we wouldn't have said anything right. and there was, you know, the typical status quo of 10 people who care in this community who were saying something and everybody else is like, ah, whatever, you know, I don't know what to do or I don't know what to say. It worked. Um, Colorado has a bill right now that um, I wish I could say differently, but I can't yet. But anyways, there was four original sponsors 
to ban mountain lion hunting, bobcat hunting, and also lynx, but that's already federally protective, protected. But the anti-hunting groups like to put in, they get crafty and they'll put in words, they'll put in repeat, they'll put in repeats of laws that already exist and make it look like, you know, hunters are, are uh, killing bear cubs or wet sows or sows with cubs or whatnot. And, and, you know, laws that are already in place that are illegal that us as hunters also agree on, <laughs> but they'll get crafty in their bills. So then when you read it and you read the summary, any, you know, the neutral ground reads the neutral non-hunting ground reads these bills and they say, Oh yeah, I'm against that. They're very crafty. Anyway, the pressure in right. Colorado has been huge, huge. And there was four original sponsors of the bill. Three of them have pulled off because of the pressure. There's one remaining. That might change soon. So I think that's going to go in a, in a great direction. But we are also going to, on February 3rd, we are going to um, assist in having hunters show up to the, uh, to the Capitol building where that bill if it's if it's still live will be heard and um there's a big push to do that so there's a there's a sea change in in uh that's happening right now and i mean if you're on social media and if if you're you know paying attention i think you can see that but we have to keep this we have to keep this going and there's other bills in other states too that you know we're going to be working on but we have had just in two weeks, we've seen some immediate, immediate success. And I know a lot of it has to do with the flooding of emails and the flooding of calls um, that are going directly to these decision makers. So, I mean, that's the other thing. When we set up these emails, they go directly to a lot of times a board might consist of um, 12 members. So when you click that button once, it goes to all of those 12 members, not from us, from your email address. Couldn't be easier. So I want to talk about, you said show up to the Capitol building. And I want to talk about, you know, I think sometimes, you know, I talked about the whole mentality of like come and try and, and hunters have this big headed mentality of, of, of you can't take it from me. But then I do think also that those who show up um, and those who stand out do so very, very respectfully um, and do so in a way that is is relatable. You know, we don't show up with guns and bows and bloody boots and, and duck feathers on our hand. I mean, we don't show up, you know, waving flags and shouting. And I mean, yeah. we show up respectfully. Mm -hmm. um, and so I want to ask you, the best way to get involved, um, the best way to show ourselves as, and, and here's here's the point I want to drive home. And, and everybody's heard it said that nobody loves the animal more than the hunter. Um, I love, absolutely love white-tailed deer. Um, I have an, 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 just an infatuation with them. Um, is that how you say that word? Anyway, infatuation. I'm one of yeah. those dumb rednecks. Um, <laughs> I, I have an, infat an, infectu an infection? No. Um, <laughs> I have an infatuation with white-tailed deer. Uh... <laughs> uh... <laughs> I love white-tailed deer. Yes. Um, and so 
like it doesn't matter if I'm killing them or not. Like I've got deer in my backyard. I'll sit in my back on my back deck and drink coffee and watch them. Like driving down the road, I'll slam on the brakes, you know, and just just to watch them. I love deer. Um, and, and the non-hunting community has this idea in their head that we hate animals. We kill them. We're we're murderous. We're we're bloodthirsty savages who run around with bloody arrows all the time and and a bloody knife strapped to our back and and you know we're just these these savage animals. Um, well, I can promise you this: no animal activists loves the deer as much as I do, um, which is why I manage a herd of deer on my properties year round. Which is why I put in thousands of dollars for food plots and feed and and water tanks. You know, I mean whatever, you know, it's why I put in countless hours and it's why I put in countless, you know, ungodly amounts of money. And, uh, because I love the, the herd, I love the deer. Um, and, and we need to show up and we need to show up in a way. And, and when I say show up, you know, I, if it's in person, like at the Capitol building, so be it. But, but even on these issues where we're writing in or we're calling in or, or, or sending emails, we need to show up in a way that shows the non-hunting community that we aren't bloodthirsty wild animals and we love these we we love the species that we hunt, we love the animals that we chase. We care about the animals that we chase, we care about their population, we care about their 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 growth and sustainability and we care about all these things. Um so what's your best advice uh, or or what do you tell people on how to show up in a way that'll that'll show those things? On how to show up, my best advice on how to show up. Is that what you mean? Yeah. So it depends on what state you're in. Um, so if you, I mean, literally showing up in, in person. So if you can currently show up in person because of COVID regulations or, or whatnot, um, it really depends on the state. So there, there are organizations within the state that are really on top of this and have an outreach um, to, you know, where that makes it easy for people to get involved and know when the meetings are and whatnot. And then there's some states where it's just Zoom meetings right now, like California, for instance. Um, but through how one of our goals on the, I mean, we just started, but we want to have sort of a liaison in each state that can have their finger on the pulse of the hunting issues. And that liaison might be an existing club or organization that's already there but we want to give them the tools to expand their efforts in california i'll give you this example for over the last year um a guy named mike costello he um he has a a a podcast as well that he started in he's in california it's called hunting ain't easy and he's a late onset adult hunter and, and all that and but he has been really beneficial to what I'm trying to do um, in that, in many ways, but in that he started organizing Zoom meetings uh, for California issues. So when there's a bill that's up, that's going to be discussed at the next commission meeting, we have already had Zoom meetings with tons of people um, that go over, how does this process work? How does the legislative process work? How does the Fish and Wildlife Committee work? Um, what is the bill that we want to talk about? And here's what you should know about the bill, because you're going to have a chance to speak. So if that's something you want to do, here's how to, here's all the information to educate yourself. So these meetings have happened and all of a sudden all these hunters are showing up and the fish and wildlife committee is like, 
<laughs> what is happening? They're noticing this. They're used to anti-hunters showing up. Okay? Right. Now, instead of the one or two guys, the one or two hunters showing up or whatever, we're showing up in droves and we have something intelligent to say. And we're not all saying the exact same thing. Um, so that's a huge, huge effect. And it gets people, it gets the hunters, they're invested into this now. And it gets them emotionally involved. So it's pretty easy. I mean, if you have 60 minutes on a Thursday night or something like that, you can join these meetings and meet all these people from around your state um, to to just, you know, talk about what's going on and, and, and be prepared for, for the next steps. And then those people who are involved at that level, they're all like warriors, you know. So they go off and when we have something like this with Hal and we have a message, they're invested into it. They get it. They're really pushing this stuff. So what what happens is you just you create this core group of kind of ambassadors who uh, who are going to push a message, and so it can help local clubs, the existing organizations in the state, and and it is. I mean, we we um, we work with <laughs> cross platform or whatever it is you want to call it, but we're working with you know any anybody who wants to work with us to um, to, to you know to make this drive. So that's something you will be seeing on how once we get the right people in each state um, to uh, to kind of organize those um, those meetings and information because it'd, it'd be way too hard for us to do from, now, from one state. What Charles what Charles just said is if you have sixty minutes on a Thursday night, I did a podcast not too long ago. All right, so growing up in Michigan, you a Detroit Lions fan? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so actually, uh, just a few weeks back, we had Frank Ragnow, who's the starting center for the Lions, on. Oh, cool. And uh, and we were talking, we we're talking about, um, you know, how busy hunting season is for him. You know, football players, um, you know, they're busy during hunting season. And we were talking about how if you want to hunt, you'll make time for it. Like if, yeah. if hunting is your passion, you'll find time to go out and shoot your bow. Well, in the same breath, um, and I probably made a lot of people mad that episode because they're like, well, yeah, Dylan, you shoot your bow for two hours a day because you don't have a life. Well, I make that my life. Um, and so in the same breath, if hunting is your passion, you better make time to show up for these issues. And like Charles said in the beginning, this could be a five-second time spent on on their website this could be a, a click of a button and an email sent or a phone call made on your way to work in the morning this could be i mean you could squeeze this in anywhere but if you're going to say i'm a hunter i love hunting i'm passionate about hunting you better step up and start showing up for these types of of things or you ain't gonna have anything to be passionate about um because yeah. pretty soon then we'll just have target archery <laughs> um so you know, in the same breath of that whole podcast and that whole, you know, make time, uh, make, make, make budget for hunting, the same is true for this. Um, you know, if, if, if we're really truly going to say I care about hunting, then, hey, maybe I should pull out 10 bucks a month to support a conservation agency. Maybe I should pull out, you know, 100 bucks a month to support a conservation agency. Things like how, things like, like Pope and Young, BHA, uh, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. I mean, I could go on and on. Maybe I should pull out, you know, 20 bucks a month and support these these organizations who are supporting my rights. Mm -hmm. 
and then I better make sure and give five minutes uh, a, a week or five minutes a day or, or 10 minutes a week or whatever you set aside to go on and support these issues. Um, because, hey, put your money where your mouth is. Quit saying that you love hunting. Quit saying you care about animals. Quit saying you do all these things if you're not willing to step up and do it when the time comes. Um, and that's my, my two-minute make everybody rant mad for the day. We want to get everybody involved to whatever. We want to show you what to whatever level you want to get involved. We want to give you the tools to do that. So if you want to go all the way and how do I get involved in installing a drinker for wild sheep in the Sierra mountains in uh, Sierra Nevada mountains in California, then let's, let's provide you that tool. Um, but from top to bottom, from the individual hunter to the the figureheads or celebrities and the brands and the organizations, I think we need to sort of handshake on a maybe like an oath or something where we spend so much time on social media promoting internally what it is that we do, but we don't do a whole bunch of outreach. And how powerful would we be? Just pose this question. How powerful would we be if we dedicated 20% of that, of our posts, 20% of when a brand brings on pro staff, one of the requirements, cause there's requirements for that. One of the requirements is hunter activism. Just imagine how powerful that would be. And what does that look like? Not hunter activism within ourselves. I mean, yeah, sure. Getting everybody involved within the hunting community is great, but what is the message and where are we sending it? Who is it that we need on our side? It's the non-hunting public who is neutral about, who is either pro or neutral about hunting. And because if we can get them on our side, the main goal here is to make the anti-hunting organizations irrelevant, which they should be because they don't have data, right. science, truth, integrity, any of that on our side. We have all of this on our side and we're doing nothing with it. We're not acting, we're acting like we, we don't know, yeah. we're acting like we don't know what to do. Like, well, what do we do? Oh, they have such deep pockets and their support. Are you, have you looked at how much your outfit is when you go out hunting and your binos and your bear, your bear, your, your bear bow, whatever, you know, your, your, um, your boots, your, your backpack, your rangefinder. Yeah. Um, if you <laughs> better don't yet, tell, don't your tell your wife stone sheep hunt you just went <clears throat> on or whatever. Yeah, don't tell your wives how much this is. But if you're walking around on a bow hunt in the West and you're backpacking, you might have like eight thousand dollars worth of gear on fairly yeah, easily. Easily, actually. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, the money is there. <laughs> This is just, there's just no excuse. And just, yeah. I'm just saying, like, think about how powerful it would be. So one of the, one of the areas we're going to get into is more mainstream messaging and advertising. So there's some fantastic media out there that, uh, I don't know if you saw this, Dylan, did you see the video I posted about, it was like hug a hunter. Have you seen that video? Uh, I did not. I'll just send you. It's it's incredible. It's a extremely well done. It's it looks like a commercial that you would see on TV, and I'm it, like it very high quality, and it's about where 
money. It's about where the money goes from from hunters and what that supports, and it and it's really compelling and it makes a great argument, um, and it it starts a conversation, you know. And I think getting things like that out into the mainstream would be extremely powerful. Having billboards in certain areas, like say San Francisco, that says in 2020 the, the you know sales from license and tags from hunters and anglers provided i forget what it is 826 million dollars to uh wildlife conservation it gets people thinking but we don't have anything like that we just so, yeah. so we just like show each other those things we don't let's are we afraid of having truth and data and science on our side no we shouldn't be so then let's use that right. to our advantage the the anti-hunters use they have a bunch of passion and they use data that isn't true but it's mostly just it's it's emotion anthropomorphism sometimes you know i mean it's just right. uh I, I don't know why we're not choosing to fight this battle i think it's i think it's in one way easier than we think well, it's one of those things that we feel prideful of. Like, we as hunters, we, you know, we boast about that. Like you said, to each other, and we feel pride. And, you know, yeah, if you go to, you know, Sheep Week or if you go to ATA or if you go to, you know, the Pope and Young Convention, like, yeah, you'll hear those numbers thrown out there and, and we'll pat ourselves on the back and we'll have a clap and we'll have a, you know, a time of whatever. Um, but then we do a really poor job of tooting our own horn to the to the general public or to the rest of the world and saying, hey, look what hunters did uh, in 2020 or look what hunters did last year. Or, look what, you know, look at these numbers. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's vital that we start to show what hunters have done. Um, real quick, before we move on, let me give a quick thank you to our friends over at Arrow Junkie. Um I am a big fan of building my own arrows. I'm a big fan. Like, that's my... I remember as a kid, my dad's thing, he would sit there, watch TV, and you would just hear him whoosh, 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 just sharpening a knife. Um, my thing is arrow building. I love it. Um, and Arrow Junkie gives you all of the tools to build your own arrows and get back to the art of building your own arrows. Now, if you don't want to start building your own arrows, but you still want to sick awesome custom built dozen arrows get with arrow junkie and they will get them built for you so not only do they do the custom building but they give you all the tools you need to build your own arrows saws and 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 jigs and and everything you need to build your own arrows um so go check out arrowjunkie.com they also got some sweet merchandise um what's your end goal and i shouldn't say end goal um because it's never going to end what's your long-term vision for how by the way, before I forget, a part of the rewards um, is I'm I'm working on something with Season Report. So uh, I've I've spoken Very with cool. uh, with Chris uh, extensively about about uh, ways to do this. So we're gonna have Season Report as part of the rewards. It's one of the coolest <laughs> concepts in my mind. Um, Super cool. It's yeah. so hard. Just just go to a new state, a state you've never hunted before. Exactly. Yep. Go to their websites and start figuring out what you need to buy. Start figuring out where you need to go to buy those things. Start figuring out, and you'll learn pretty quickly that some states are better than others, but a lot of states' websites are very clunky, very hard to get around, and very hard to understand. Mm -hmm. And Season Report puts that all on one platform, easy-to-understand platform, 
Uh, so I don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops to figure out when I can hunt, where I can hunt, how I can hunt, how many I can kill, or where I can kill them. Um, season report is a must check out. Best 10 bucks you'll spend, in my opinion. So the end goal. Sorry. Um, um, the end goal is to run myself out of business. So what would that mean? Bingo. That would mean we make the anti-hunting community irrelevant as far as affecting laws, hunting laws, wildlife management. Maybe let me make be clear. They aren't protecting wildlife. <laughs> they they don't I I don't think they like the way nature works. Okay? And I can I think I can I I can empathize with that. But it's not reality. The way nature works is right. through management. If you want to have healthier herds, I understand this is difficult to understand, but if you want to have healthier herds, that means you must manage the herds from top to bottom, which means animals need to be taken. And not all the animals. Yeah. Nobody's saying kill all the mountain lions. Well, we aren't. That's that's ridiculous. Nobody's saying kill all the everything is there for a reason. However, the catalyst is us. The catalyst is humans. And some people agree with that and some people don't, that we should have something to do with that. But we are a part of this earth. We aren't alien invaders who just showed up here and telling the animals how to live. Right. We're all a part of when this. When you say and we that, have... it's hard to understand. You say it's hard to understand. I told my 10-year-old like this, and she goes, oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, she was asking me. I was taking her out hunting, and I had told her, um, we were in Kansas, and so I said, you know, babe, if a big buck comes out, we can't shoot it. I've already shot my buck. And she was like, why? But why the numbers? And uh, and I, you know, I explained to her how hunters are conservationists, and hunters, you know, want to see the the statewide and local herds grow. And and I just told her, I said, baby, look at it like this. I said, what if twenty five people moved into our house? How would how would life work? And she said. Mm. Well, no, I, I started smaller. I'm like, what if two other people moved into our house? She said, we have a guest room. I said, okay, they can share the guest room. I said, but money's going to get a lot tighter. I said, because then me and your mama, we got to buy more food. Um, you know, then there's going to be less time for you to take a shower. Um, there's going to be a, a sink that you don't get to get ready at in the mornings. I said, then what happens if five more people move in? She said, I don't, you know, I mean, we have a couple couches. And I'm like, well, what happens if 25 people move in? And, and, Yes. 30 people, 40 people. And she began to understand. She's like, oh, so we have to kill deer for other deer to live and grow and get bigger. And I'm like, exactly. Just habitat, like we couldn't have 40 people live habitat. in our house, it wouldn't work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, we don't have the food. We don't have the money. We don't have the water. We don't have the bedding. We don't have the, the space. Everybody would start getting sick and everybody would start getting, I mean, mm. there's no, it couldn't happen. And she was like, mm. Makes perfect sense. Let's go kill him. It, and I'm like, it, okay. It, it might down. be hard to understand wow. until it's ex until it's explained. Um, but but we also have proof. Yeah. What what have the elk? Look at elk numbers. A hundred years ago. Look at turkey numbers. A hundred years ago. Look at waterfowl. A hundred years ago. Look at white-tailed deer. All of all of this. The reason why people can go out to parks, or whether you're a hunter or not, and see many of these animals is because of management practices. Um which involves right. hunting, which hunting plays a giant, the largest role in um, in management of these species. So it is the way things work. You can't take us out of the equation because we are a part of that equation. 
I think that's what people have. Some people right. have a hard time, a hard time understanding. But yeah, our our end goal would be, um, to have and 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 I'm not saying that our that that every state's practices or fish and game committees or or whatever are f- flawless. I'm not saying there isn't room for improvement, but you certainly don't you don't take hunting out of the equation because that means you're taking management out of the equation and you're right. actually hurting. You you're actually hurting wildlife we are and this is like something i don't think hunters say because they don't like the word protect they're like oh no that means that means you're trying to stop hunting no use it we are protecting wildlife through hunting so right um yeah it, it, it's fine and a part of our website and the part of the look and all of that is a hundred percent on purpose it's not i don't want to be a place where it you know where it looks like a hunting site necessarily you know, I'm fine with using wolves. The, the wolf is, is the pack. I mean, it's us. That's the whole idea of the pack and howling and all that. So there's a lot of things kind of surrounding that. And it says, you know, we, we protect wildlife. Or if a bill comes up, you'll often see, um, you know, protect bears in California. Because that is that is what we are doing by having sound science management plans in place. Right. No, I and I truly believe that that you guys can do that. I truly believe that that how can become so successful that it's no longer it'll always be needed, but no longer be. Um, I, I don't know the word I'm looking for. I think I think everybody understands, but um, you know I don't think the hunt the the attacks on hunting I don't think they'll ever stop, but I do think they'll come to a point where they're they're manageable, um, and they're they're understandable from the beginning that you're reaching here. Like you're you're gonna you're trying this and it's not ever gonna come to anything. Uh, we've already squashed this in the past. We've already been through this, um, and so I, I truly think it's it's doable. Uh, Charles Fred Bear was big on his field notes, um, and so I like to ask all of my guests, "What's one field note you've taken over the years uh, that my guests can take, that I can take, and put in my back pocket and uh, and become a better hunter with?" Can be a quick little tip, um, you know can be a, a, a inspirational thing, whatever. Uh, but what's one field note you've taken over over your, your time hunting that I can take and make myself a better hunter with? Move slower. <laughs> Bingo. Perfect. Um, I've got one. I don't always share one, but I th- I've got one. I used to carry a bow square in my in my backpack um, just in case anything happened to my string on my recurve. Um, I always carry an extra string. Um just in case anything happened to my string, I could make sure brace height was set. Um, what I've done, though, is I've just taken one of my arrows that's in my quiver, put the arrow on the string, knock it just like I normally would, and I just put a little silver Sharpie mark right where it crosses the riser, um, and I've eliminated the need to have that bow square uh, because I can I can put that one arrow on. It's the one with my judo point on it, but... Um, I can put that arrow on, and and if something happens to my string, I need to put a new string on it. Um, I can set that arrow on that on that string and make sure that that line is crossing where it should. My brace height set. Let's keep hunting. Um, so that's a quick little tip that that I've learned. Um, where can they go? Where can they go to find you on social? Where can they go to get involved with Hal? The website's howlforwildlife.org or .com. It'll just forward you to the .org. Instagram is sort of the foundation of all of our social media posts and it gets shared automatically to Twitter and to Facebook, but everything kind of originates on Instagram. It's just the, we have the biggest outreach there. It's, it's the easiest way to, to outreach. 
that is you can type in howl for wildlife or uh it's the the actual page is howl underscore org so howlforwildlife.org or howl underscore org on instagram and you should that should guys be about go it. find them yeah Go find them, get involved. Um, this is something that I 100% truly from the bottom of my heart um, that I believe in. Um, so go check out How for Wildlife. Before we go, uh, one more quick thank you to our friends over at Wise Eye uh, Technology. Uh, Wise Eye, in my opinion, is the smartest trail camera uh, that you could ever buy. It will take all your photos and upload them to what's called the Hunt Control app. You can then open your Hunt Control app and it will, it will put all of your deer into certain folders. So if I've got a deer that I've named um, Drop Tine, uh, it will put all of the photos by antler recognition of that deer in that folder. So I can go by and look at when that deer's coming, um, and it'll map out, you know, as far as moon phases and temperatures and barometric pressures when he's coming. Um, so really the smartest trail camera you could ever get. And I don't have to sit and look through 14,000 pictures of does uh, or coons or, or, or coyotes. I get to see the big bucks that I want to see. So go check out WiseEye Technology at WiseEyeTech.com for the smartest trail camera you could get, in my opinion. Um, Charles, thanks so much for coming on, man. Guys, please go check out How for Wildlife. Um I don't care what you shoot, don't care how you shoot it, don't care where you hunt or what you hunt. We all got to band together. We all got to join arms. We all got to face these things head on. So go check out How for Wildlife to make it easier on yourself to do so. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.